Amen. Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning at our 9 o'clock service. Good to have those of you joining us from your homes, wherever you're joining us from this morning. Before our message this morning, I just want to remind you, we finished up our series on the book of Acts on Wednesday night. So this coming Wednesday, we start a new series in First and Second Thessalonians on living in the light of Jesus' return. We hope that many of you will be able to come out on Wednesday night, beginning at 7 o'clock, starting this Wednesday, living in light of Jesus' return. Psalm 20 this morning, as we continue our series on David, the worshiping warrior of God. Psalm 20. Many of you are right now in the midst of fighting battles in your life. I'm fighting a few myself. Usually in life, we're either getting ready to go into a battle, we're in the midst of a battle, or we're coming out of a battle, but life is a series of battles. And Psalm 20 is expressing to us how we can have victory in the battles of life. How should we, how should we respond to the battles that we face? How should we as the people of God approach our battles in life? Now, in this psalm, we're going to see several different things, but one of the things that I want to start out with is this. This psalm is encouraging us and, and asking us to commit to a life of prayer and praise. So you and I need to go, am I as committed to prayer and praise as I should be as a follower of God? Because... When we are committed to prayer and praise in our life, there will be then this conviction, if you will, that develops out of that commitment. And that conviction is in association with prayer and praise. And that conviction is our God responds to prayer and praise. And when God is responding to our prayer and praise then we have confidence. It, it starts with a commitment to prayer and praise, then a conviction about prayer and praise, and then a confidence that comes through our prayer and praise. And we're going to see that in this psalm this morning. David was getting ready to go into a battle in his life. But notice something even before the psalm begins that this psalm, like many, is for the music director, a psalm of David. We would say today this psalm or song is for our worship leader, right? So David wasn't just inspired to write this for himself. He was inspired to write this to encourage and inspire others. This was to be a song of worship that was sung by the people of God to remind them of the truths that are in this song. Because it's very relevant and very practical. It's about how do you deal with the battles of life. So notice, first of all, you have it starting here. You have a praying people. A people who are praying for their leader. A people who's praying for David 
before he goes into battle. It is so encouraging, so significant, so important that you and I know that there are people who are praying for us in and through our battles. And it's important that we, as the children of God, make sure that we are offering to pray for others in the midst and through their battles as well. It's one of the things that we are called to as the people of God. So notice here that the people of God are praying. And why are they praying for their leader? Because as the leader goes, so goes the people. There's a connection there, you see. That's why I certainly will welcome your prayers for me, will welcome your prayers for all of our leaders. And I just want you to know, not that you haven't heard this from me before, but folks, before any of us come out on this platform on Sunday or Wednesday, we are asking God to show up for us. We are asking God to fill us and to use us and to never come out here on this platform without the involvement of God because without the involvement of God in anything, there is no victory. It is only through God showing up that there is victory. So so think about that because David here was sort of, he was sort of struggling a little bit and yet David was a man of war. David had fought many battles, but he never got to the place in his life where he didn't think he needed God to go into the battle. Like, oh, I'm David. I've won many battles. I don't need God. No, it wasn't that way at all. And the people of God knew that as well. They knew that no matter how great and how skilled uh, their David was, their leader was, that he needed God or else there would be no victory. We always need to be mindful of that. We must humble ourselves before God, always acknowledging our need of God. We can never go into a battle and be successful in that battle apart from God. So they're committed to prayer. And notice their prayer. May the Lord answer you, David, when you are in trouble. May the God of Jacob make you secure. This prayer here is that God would calm David's heart in anxiety, giving him assurance and settling his spirit as he was about to go into battle. And I love the fact that they use the phrase the God of Jacob because in a sense they are reminding David, David, our God right now, your God right now is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the great I am, the one who brought his people out of Egypt, the one who parted the Red Sea. In other words, in that name for God, they are reminding David even about all the former exploits of God and the greatness of God and what God has done. We all need to be reminded of that. He is the God of history who has shown up and won battle after battle in history. And the same God who showed up in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is the same God that can show up in Gilbert, Arizona and give victory today. Notice, first of all, they ask God to answer David. Then in verse 2, they ask God to aid or assist David. God, may he send you help from his temple. From Zion, may he give you support. 
This is a prayer, again, that God would show up and provide assistance for victory in this battle. But notice something here. It's not help from the armory. It's not help from the treasury. It's help from the sanctuary. They're asking God, God, will you send help from your temple? From Zion, may you give David support. Because we're going to see a little bit later on in the psalm. It's really not about how much money's in the treasury and how many weapons are in the armory. The people of God always need to look to God alone for their victory. It's not that he can't use those things, but it's God who is the source of victory. Then verse 3, may he accept your offerings. You see, David was approaching God at this point before the battle. He was entreating the favor and blessing of God. And so they then pray in verse 3, may he take notice of your offerings. May he accept your burnt offerings, Selah. Let's stop and pause and think about this. You knew God accepted your offering when he sent fire to consume it. That is a picture in the Old Testament. So the word accept in the Hebrew literally means to turn to ash. God, may you turn to ash the offering of David. And by doing that, that was an assurance and affirmation from God that yes, I am accepting your offering. I will be with you. So you can picture now, David is in the house of God. He's doing his own business with God. He's praying to his God. He's entreating the favor of his God. He's asking for God's blessing in the upcoming battle. But he also knows that the people of God are surrounding him in prayer as well. Verse 4, may he grant your heart's desire. May he bring all your plans to pass. Then skip down to the end of verse 5. May the Lord grant all your requests. Notice in these first five verses the word may as the people pray. May the Lord answer. May the God of Jacob make you secure. May he send you help. May he take notice of your offerings. May he accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant your heart's desire. May he bring all your plans to pass. May the Lord grant. They're looking to God. No matter how great David is in battle, no matter how many battles he's already won, notice their confidence and their encouragement isn't in who David is it's in who God is it has nothing to do with David and everything to do with God it's not like the people of God are saying to God you know what God I've never seen anyone sling stones like David man can he sling stones God I've never seen anyone slay their ten thousands like David you know they're not focused on the ability the talent, the skill of David, even though it may be there, but that's also God-given. They're looking to the Lord to give David the victory. It's all about him, you see, and who God is. So the first thing, again, we see here is there is a commitment to prayer. These people are asking for God to show up and to show up big for their leader, David, as he gets ready to go into battle. And and let me say this. 
And you're going to see why it's important that, again, not only through commitment to prayer and praise, that we have this conviction about prayer and praise, that God will show up in our prayers and in our praise. Because many times as the people of God, we may pray for victory and then go into battle not expecting God to show up. You and I not only need to commit ourselves to prayer and praise, but again, get to the place where we realize that the God that we are praying to and the God that we are praising, he will show up. That's where our confidence comes from. God not only wants us to be committed to prayer and praise, he wants us to grow in confidence through our prayer and praise. He wants his people to be confident, not in ourselves, but in him, you see. So notice in verse 5, then, then the people of God go from a praying people to a praising people. Then we will shout for joy over your victory. First of all, they are a people who are glad in the victories of others. Because again, they realize that as the leader goes, so they go. So if David is going to be victorious, that's going to be good for them. You see, we're all in this together. And that's why God wants us to rejoice and, and, and share in the victories of others because their victories are our victories. And that's where the people of God were. That shows humility as well. Then we will shout, we will sing with everything that we've got. That's what the word means. It, it literally in the Hebrew is to creak or, or to to give a, a, a sort of shrieking sound. It, it's, it's not just, you know, shouting. It's, it's, it's loudly. It's being overwhelmed and overcome with joy in the victory that they know God is going to provide. And how have they gotten to that point? Through prayer and now through praise. We will rejoice in the name of our God. The word rejoice here means to raise flags or set up banners. It means to be conspicuous. So notice what the people of God are doing. Before David even goes into battle, they're going to start planning the victory party. Do you get that? In our day and age, it would be like, they're going to start putting up the streamers and the balloons for the victory that's coming. That's the confidence they have. Not because of David, but because of their God. But because of their prayer and their praise, they are having this confidence in them reinforced that God is going to show up and bring victory to David. God wants his people to get to the point where we know that the victory is coming even before it comes. Even before it comes. And again, that can only happen when we're committed to prayer and praise because it's through our lifestyle of prayer and praise that the conviction about prayer and praise comes. God will respond to it. And then finally, that we will grow in confidence through it. And you see that happening here. 
In fact, you see this in the people of God. I'm going to get a little ahead of myself, but I want to show this to you now. In the very first verse, notice the people of God, the very first thing they're praying is, may the Lord answer. Notice verse 9. The people of God say, he will answer. You see that change? May the Lord answer. Oh, guess what? He's answering. He's going to answer. I know he is. Because that's who our God is. How committed are we in our life and in the life of our church to prayer and praise? We're going to struggle in the battles of life without being a people who are committed to prayer and praise and without the conviction that God will respond to our prayer and praise. And we certainly will not have the confidence that we need or should have as the people of God when we enter into the battles of life without being a people who are committed to prayer and praise. And again, it doesn't matter how many battles we've won, we always need the involvement of God because without the involvement of God, there is no victory. Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And as we've learned throughout our study of David, God will fight our battles. And it's not that we don't have to do anything, but it's all on God, you see. We do our part, but God's going to show up, and he's going to bring victory for us. So notice now the progression. First of all, David knows that the people of God are praying for him. David has went into the house of God, which is where a leader should be, entreating the favor and blessing of God. He's offered God offerings. God has accepted those offerings. He's burned them up. And so now David, who was maybe a little unsure, a little unsettled at the beginning of this psalm, now notice David, the confident leader, in verse 6. Now, I am sure that the Lord will deliver his chosen king, literally his anointed. He will intervene or respond for him from his holy heavenly temple, not from the armory, not from the treasury, but from the sanctuary. And he will display his one-of-a-kind ability, might, and power to bring victory. I'm sure. David says, I'm sure. God wants us to be sure about some things. How's your sureness today? How's your certainness today? Because again, it's when we know things for certain and sure that we have that confidence. That's what gives us our confidence when we can get to that place where we say with all conviction, I'm sure this is going to be this way. I'm sure God's going to do this. And again, not because we deserve it, but because God has promised it and because of his grace. What are you sure of today? See, in this world of much uncertainty, of chaos, of instability. God needs his people to be sure and certain about things so that we can be settled in the midst of all this mess. 
God wants us to be different. God wants us to be distinct. God wants us to be conspicuous, to stand out different from the world. And the world is getting caught up in the circumstances, in the situation, in the chaos, in the craziness. And God is saying to his people, I am a God who can place you in a world of all of this and you can still be as calm and composed and settled as any human being can be because it has nothing to do with your circumstances, your battles, or your situation. It has everything to do with me. Everything to do with me. So what are we sure of today? And notice, David says, I am sure that the Lord will show up because I am his anointed. God will always show up for his anointed. God had his hands on David. God God had his fingerprints all over David. David was going to be the future king of Israel, and Samuel had already anointed him, and therefore David could take comfort in the fact that God would not abandon his anointed. Guess what? If you're here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, do you realize that before God, you are his anointed? It's what the Bible teaches. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you, and you are therefore the anointed of God, which means then that you can have the same confidence as David because you know that the Lord will never leave you or forsake you or abandon you on the battlefield. If you are his anointed, then you can be as sure as David. He will show up for me. He will respond from his holy heavenly temple for me. He will display his one-of-a-kind might, power, and ability to bring me victory. Again, far too often we are a people who pray to God for victory and then go to battle as if he won't show up. I want you to know even though I might have fear and trepidation back in that room before I come out on Wednesday or Sunday, when I get out here, I'm standing in the confidence of my God. I know my God's going to show up for me, not because I deserve it, but I have seen his faithfulness in 40 years as a pastor knowing he's never let me come out and just said, you're on your own. And he won't do the same for you, or he'll, he'll do the same for you as well. He'll never call you out to something and then let's, let you go. He will be there with you. And not just be there with you, he will show up in a one-of-a-kind way that only God can. And David has this confidence. And now notice what he says. And this is the verse that I want to encourage you with because it's the most famous verse from this passage of Scripture. One I'd like you to sink your teeth into this coming week. David says, some trust in chariots, others in horses, but we depend on the Lord our God. Trusting in the God of armies is better than trusting in armies. And by the way, Trusting in weapons 
or resources of any earthly kind was always inconsistent with faith in God. It's not that they might not be necessary. And it's not that we might actually have to go out and fight, but that's not where our hope and trust and faith is in. It's in God. That's why many times throughout the Bible you see stories like Gideon, where God pared him down to just 300 going up against a greater force, and where their weapons were pitchers. That's why God asked his people, you want to conquer the walls of Jericho? Just walk around and praise me seven days. Because God never wanted his people to put their faith, no matter how great their weapons were, no matter how great their ability was, no matter how great their numbers were, were, God never wanted his people to put their faith and trust in those things, but in him. And that's what David is saying. He's saying, I'm going into this battle, but I'm not trusting in my own ability as some great general. I'm not even trusting in myself because I've won maybe a thousand other battles that somehow I can just walk into this battlefield and things are going to go my way. Again, unless God shows up, I got to depend and rely on my God. And the word depend is a really key word. It means to remember God to be mindful, to think on him. You know, next week we're going to observe the Lord's table at the end of our services. And what does Jesus say? Do this in remembrance of me. Sometimes we go into battles and we literally, even as the people of God, forget our God. Because we're not, our minds are not centered and focused on him and who he is. That's really what it means to be dependent and reliant is to to get our minds and our thoughts focused on God and centered on him and remembering who he is, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, the God of history, the God who moves history for his own people. The God who took a pagan king like Cyrus and worked in his mind and stirred his heart to release his people from exile. And who, by the way, spoke through the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before Cyrus was even born and said, I'm going to work through Cyrus one day to release my people. Who but God can do those things? And God is saying, do you forget who I am and what I've shown you I can do? And if I can do that there, I can do this now. So David has such confidence that notice what he says in verse 8. The enemies of God, my enemies, they're going to fall down. But we, the people of God who are following God, we will stand firm. So you've seen a praying people and a praising people in the first five verses. Then from verse 6 through 8, you've seen a confident leader. But now notice something interesting. In verse 9, as I pointed out a few minutes ago, now you see a confident people. Why? Because confidence, just like fear, the op- can be contagious. 
And when the people of God saw the confidence that David had, that gave them confidence. Because we do feed off each other as human beings, whether we realize it or not. And when you're following a confident leader, it gives you confidence. So let me say something to encourage you all. In my 40 years of ministry as a pastor, in my 14 years as pastor of the Oasis Church, I have never been more confident in where we are going as a church and where I am to lead you as I am right now. And I hope that will encourage you. We are going through it, my friends. There are many battlefronts that I am fighting and some of you are fighting right now. But I'm telling you, we are on the path that God wants us to be on. And so I hope that you will draw from that confidence that God is giving me because I want you to be as confident as me as we move into this new year and where God is leading us. It's important that the spiritual leaders of our people have that kind of confidence because when spiritual leaders have that kind of confidence, that builds confidence into the people. And so notice verse 9. The Lord will deliver the king. He will answer us when we call to him for help. And by the way, they don't stop praying once the battle starts. Notice, they continue to pray throughout the battle. But they're confident that their king, their leader, David, is going to be delivered and saved in battle and that God is going to show up and answer their prayers. A couple things. Hang in there with me. I'm not done yet. I'm just going to fold my Bible and put it over here. One of the principles I want us to see from Psalm 20 today is this. The battle is won before the battle is begun. Please hear me when I say that today. The battle is won before the battle is begun. Why? Because God wants to do a work in our hearts first. It's not that David didn't have to go out and actually fight the battle any more than you and I will have to go out and fight some battles in our life. But the idea is that God wants to get his people to a place where we know even before we engage in that battle that God is going to show up for us. He's going to deliver us, rescue us, save us, bring us victory through that battle and we can have confidence even before the battle begins. I want you to remember that because this year is going to be a great year for spiritual progress, but it's also going to be a year where we're going to have to fight many battles along the way. And God wants us to get to the place with him where we know in our hearts through our prayer and our praise and our commitment to it, our conviction about it and our confidence through it that the battle is won before the battle has even begun. As we transition in just a few moments into our worship time, you'll understand why I'm going to share right now what I'm going to share with you, and then I'm going to share a little bit more later. But I want you to go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 for just a moment. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, 
Peter talks to the people of God about humbling themselves and about when we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. But then notice in verse 7 of 1 Peter 5 where Peter says, here's one of the ways that we as the people of God humble ourselves before our God when we cast all our cares upon him because we know we're confident we have this conviction that he cares for us. In fact, no one cares for us like God does. No one loves us like he does. So therefore, we can take our cares, our burdens, the weights of the battles of life, and we can literally place them onto God. Because God never intended for us to carry those cares and those weights and those burdens. His shoulders are big enough. Ours are not capable. And how much more of a struggle is it in the battles of life when we go into the battles of life with all this extra baggage instead of releasing it to the Lord? But then I want you to note something else in the context. This is why you've got to study the Bible in context, why it, it, just, it just explodes stuff for us as the people of God. Notice then the very next verse after that. It's about our enemy, the devil. And Peter warning us that he literally walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. How does that connect with verse 7? Because the devil, much of his work is to do just the opposite of what we're being encouraged and exhorted to do in verse 7. The devil keeps trying to pile more on our backs. The devil keeps telling us, you keep carrying that load because that load is wearing you out and weighing you down. That burden, you keep carrying that burden. You keep putting that care on you. You keep being consumed by it. You let it, you let it make you sleepless at night. You let it bring anxiety and fear and all of that. that. That's what the devil's strategy is, is God is saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Cast all your care upon me. Throw your burden upon me, and I'll sustain you. And the devil is saying, no, let's just keep piling it on. So many times, the battles of life aren't even fought between us and something or someone else. Sometimes the greatest battle is us being able to just let things go and release them to God and trust in him. Some depend on horses and chariots. We will look to the Lord our God. We will release those because it's much better for us when the battles of life come that we don't have all these cares and burdens and weights while we're trying to fight a battle. Listen, you and I can only fight so many battles at the same time. There's only so many fronts that you and I can give attention to in our life. And so that's why the Bible says, lay aside every weight, cast all your care, come to me and and." You know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Because we can't engage effectively in the battles that are facing us if we've got all these other things that we've not been willing to let go of to the Lord. 
then that distracts us from the focus and the attention we need to give to the real battles of life because we've been holding on to things that we needed to let go of. So today, I'm just encouraging all of us, let's build our lives on the foundation that we've seen here in Psalm 20. Let's commit ourselves like never before to living a lifestyle of prayer and praise, realizing that if we are committed to it, we will also then become convinced and have this conviction that through our prayer and praise, God will always show up and respond. And it is through that then that confidence will come into my life as a follower of God like never before to where I can stand like David and say, I am sure that the Lord's going to show up for me. I am sure because I'm one of his anointed. And if you're here today and you've never placed your personal faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and you don't know for sure that you are the anointed of God, then come let us talk with you after the service and we'll be glad to have myself or one of our other leaders here lead you to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because I don't want anyone leaving the house of God today who's not saying, I'm going to commit myself to prayer and praise and I'm going to be more confident in my walk with God than I've ever been before because the battles are coming, folks. It's not a matter of if the battles are coming to us. It's just a matter of when and where. And God wants his people to be prepared. So I'm going to ask Nicole and our worship team to come now and get settled on the platform. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we transition from our time in the word back to a time of worship and praise. Father, we ask today, God, that you would make us strong in you. God, that we would be a praying people and a praising people. God, that we not only are encouraged by knowing that there are others who are praying for us, but Lord, that we're praying for others because we're all in the battles. We're going sometimes from one battle right into another battle. And so, Lord, I pray today, knowing that you've already shown up, you were faithful, God. You said you would be here with me, with us today, and you are. And we can always count on you, God. Help us not to look at our own resources, our own earthly weapons, and to look to our treasury and to our armories to make us feel secure and stable and settled. but help us to know that our victory alone is in you, God. That without your involvement, there is no victory. And may we be a people, God, that as we pray for victory, 
We do not doubt when we enter into those battles that you will show up. May we know that you will, God, as we continue to build our life upon you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.